0: To Christ, when chased by fear, and find a refuge or. Believe in me, His voice I hear, His words and wounds secure. I run to Christ when torn by grief, and find. Abundant peace. I too had tears. He gently speaks, thus joy and sorrow
1: meet.
0: I run to Christ. When worn by life And find my soul refreshed Come unto me He calls through strife Fatigue gives way to rest I run to Christ When vexed by hell And find a mighty Arm. the devil flees the scriptures tell he roars but cannot harm I run to Christ when stalked by sin and find a sure escape deliver me I cry to Him, temptation, guilt to grace. I run to Christ when plagued by shame and find my one defense. I bore God's wrath. He pleads my case, my advocate and friend. I run to Christ in joy, in grief, and worship at His feet.
1: Ron Alberico, the song, I Run to Christ. What a great song. You're listening to 11 to 1. This is Faith Music Radio. I'm Janice, your host to one o'clock, bringing you programming designed with ladies in mind. Coming up today during 11 to 1, you'll hear from Vicki Mutchler on a word of encouragement. That's at 1130. At 1205, Loretta Walker joins us on CW Today. And then at 1230, because it's Thursday, You will hear from Sherry House on Silhouettes with Sherry. These programs coming your way within the next two hours. And today is Thursday, and for the last few Thursdays, we have been talking about the ministry of marriage. Um, And this is from the book written by Dr. Jim Biddy. Jim Benny, <laughs> sorry about that, and it's an excellent book on marriage, and uh, uh, Brother Benny does a program here on Faith Music Radio at five a.m., and the same program is replayed for you at 7.05 p.m., and it's a program worth listening to, and a very popular program here on Faith Music Radio. I've got a song of comfort for you. If you'll read First Thessalonians, um, I think chapter four, um, the Bible says that we are to comfort we, with each other with the words that Christ is coming again, that Jesus is coming again, and these are how we're supposed to comfort each other. In fact, I was reading in my Bible and Jesus t- t- this morning and um, John uh, fourteen, let not your heart be troubled. Do you believe in God? believe also in me in my father's house are many mansions i go to prepare a place for you so the song is called he's coming he is coming for his own he's coming and those are amazing words of comfort for the christian you're listening to faith
2: we're closer to the greatest of this world has ever known He's coming When Christ shall return again To claim His own He's coming My Lord is coming And He will step from His throne on high And in the a shout that will quicken all the born again. My Lord is coming. And when He comes, He'll not be alone. He'll bring loved ones who've already gone. They're coming. And the power that raised Christ that day Enter into the graves, they're coming, my Lord is coming, and then the dead in Christ shall rise, and we which are alive shall be called up to me. In his word to watch and pray, then we'll not be ashamed at his coming. For some will not be prepared. Don't let him catch you unaware at his coming. My Lord is coming, and then at last these eyes shall see the that sin dead that all
3: Dacation goes to sea. Oh, see the goodness of God. That's the theme for this year's Faithful Ladies Dacation on April 21st and 22nd. Join us in Evansville, Indiana at Faithway Baptist Church and enjoy a time to relax, renew, and rejoice with our speakers, Francie Taylor and Sharon Rabin, plus 10 teaching excursions and more. Go to faithmusicradio.com That's faithmusicradio.com to register or call 800-600-7230. Faith Music Missions singers will be providing the music, and our famous Merry Marketplace will be available for shopping. This conference is brought to you by Faith Music Radio, where you hear 11 to 1 with Janice every weekday. Easy Breezy registration is now open at faithmusicradio.com.
4: Guaranteed work from certified ASE mechanics. That's the peace of mind that comes with Thrifty Car Care in Evansville. Sure, you could roll the dice, grab a wrench, and watch a YouTube video and do it yourself, but that could cost you a whole lot more than you want to pay in time and money. Thrifty Car Care does it all, bumper to bumper. They back all repairs, foreign and domestic, with a 24-month, 24,000-mile nationwide warranty. Thrifty Car Care, with an A-plus rating from the Better Business Bureau. They're located at 4500 East Morgan Avenue in Evansville. Or call 812-437-5011. That's 812-437-5011. Or go online at thriftycarcarecenter.com.
5: Want music that makes you feel good? Faith Music Radio.
6: In the sea of sin Going down for the last time hes used your life since he called you out so remember where you were back then and thank him for where you are now give God the glory for what he's done in and strife, and he gave a new start he took your broken life and he made you complete so take off your crowns of glory and cast them at the same let the your speak.
1: Calvin Allen with that song, Give Him the Glory. Give Him the glory for what He's done in your life. We're going through the book, The Ministry of Marriage. We're on chapter 2. Um, we're just going to we'll probably finish with chapter 2 because you can purchase this book and read it for yourself, um, Amazon, um, even at Target.com, The Ministry of Marriage by Jim Benny. Chapter 2 is all about the biblical path to marital victory. The biblical path to marital victory. And the verse that Brother Benny gives us and uses in this chapter is, but God be thanked that ye were the servants of sin, but... Ye have obeyed from the heart that form of doctrine, which was delivered you. And who do we have to thank when we are obedient to God's word and to the doctrine or the truths in his word? We have God to thank for that. Not ourselves. (laughs) We don't get the glory for any of it. And so when our marriage is restored, it's simply because of God's word, his truth, and his working in our life through his word. But the biblical path to marital victory covers so many great things like the timing of victory. Waiting on the Lord is important, the source of victory. And of course, Jesus is the source of Of our victory, last week on Thursday we talked about the method of victory, and it was a good good chapter. And today, our good um, section of this chapter. Today we're talking about why do you want your marriage to change? This is important. Motives always matter. Why do you want your marriage to change? Consider this important question. Why do you want to see a change? In order that God be thanked, as Romans six seventeen says, is it so that God can be thanked, so that God can receive glory, or is it to feel better? Is your motive to bring glory to God or relief to yourself? Brother Benny says that while he was pastoring, a wife approached him to visit her backslidden husband she expressed deep concern for his spiritual condition whereas he once was faithful to church he no longer attended since her husband lived near the church brother benny said he made it a point to drop in on him from time to time and they gradually built a friendship when brother benny invited him to come to church as his personal guest the husband was happy to do so brother benny didn't realize how deeply god had been working in his heart through these visits until the morning when he gave an invitation following the sermon the man rushed to the altar with tears of repentance streaming down his face the husband confessed his sins and came back to the lord in a huge way too big of a way apparently Because when he began serving as an usher, singing in the choir, driving a church bus, and going so winning, so winning, his wife came to Brother Benny again. This is not what I wanted. I wanted a good husband, not a religious fanatic. You see, it wasn't God's glorification she was seeking, but her own gratification. She wanted a kinder, gentler, gentler model of a husband not a radically made-over dynamo for God. What do you want for your mate? For your husband? What do you desire for your marriage? If you desire more for you than for God, it may be that you're wishing for the wrong thing. This can drastically affect your prayers. Study James chapter 4, especially verse 3. Ye ask, and ye receive not, because ye ask amiss, that ye may consume it upon your lust. And I hope you can see by the example Brother Benny gave us there that motives matter. Motives matter. It always They always do. Brother Benny says he makes a practice of asking counselees, the people he counsels, why they desire counseling. And the most common response is to be happy. And this is when he tells them, I can't help you to be happy. God didn't call me to make people happy. God called me to make people holy. And if I help you to be happy without being holy, I haven't helped you at all. But if I help you to be holy, you will be happy. Wow good stuff I have a song about holiness here it's called consecration and it's sung by Lois and India the Riskina sisters in fact India wrote this song beautiful song here We'll be back in just a bit you're listening to faith music radio God
7: you are so holy your glory standing to blend in with this world we carelessly just say words we never say before his throne we do For God is holy Or are we doing our best To blend in with this world? Where is the fear of God today? Why must we have our own way? We have such a shallow perception Of what is truly consecration
1: we have one more song and then we'll hear from vicki mutchler on a word of encouragement the song up next is by bruce and sammy fry and it's just simply called most of all the words go most of all i love jesus you're listening to faith music radio
8: So many ways I count my blessings. I think of all the joy I've known and the oh-so-precious memories I recall. And I'm thankful for each day I'm given. I'm thankful for my wife and children, and I'm thankful for the freedoms we enjoy most of all i'd like to say that i love jesus most of all i'd like to share his love with you and no matter where you are my friend and no matter who or what you've been i know he loves you and he waits with open arms I was lost in a blind man's prison Now I'm so thankful that I've been forgiven And oh what a gift he's given me And I'd like to take the time today I'd like to find the words to say And I'd like to leave a message in this song Most of all, I'd like to say that I love Jesus. Most of all, I'd like to share His love with you. And no matter where you are, my friend, and no matter who or what you've been, I know He loves you and He waits with open arms most of all i'd like to say that i love jesus most of all i'd like to share his love with you and no matter where you are my friend and no
9: Today's word of encouragement from Mrs. Vicky Mutchler.
10: Today let's talk about delight. Psalms 40, verse 8 says, I delight to do thy will, O my God. Yea, thy law is within my heart. The word delight means to gain great pleasure, satisfaction, happiness. Also, additional meaning of the Hebrew word for delight is to be soft and tender. I think lovers of God are those that are soft and tender toward Him, always teaching, always pliable in His hands. 24 times in Psalms alone is the word delight used. It tells how God delights in us and also how we should delight in Him. What does it mean to delight yourself in the Lord? To be delighted is to be joyful in the Lord and finding joy in pleasing Him and being in God's presence. If we fret about what others have compared to us, we'll be worrying instead of joyful. If we think that life is unfair and every time wrong is done to us, we blow a gasket, we'll be worrying instead of being joyful. The key to being delighted in the Lord is focusing on Him. Always look up. I have that on a little sign to remind me. We can't look at two things at once very well. The best bet is Hebrews 12, 2, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith.
9: Mrs. Vicki Mutchler is the wife of Pastor Mike Muchler of Grandview Baptist Church in Beaver Creek, Oregon, where they've ministered together for over 30 years. Word of Encouragement is a production of Faith Music Radio. For additional resources from Mrs. Mutchler and her daily Word of Encouragement, visit faith music radio online at www.faithmusicradio.com. Word of encouragement is a production of Faith Music Radio.
1: Love the verse Miss Vicky pointed out, I delight to do thy will. This is this is our goal to delight to do God's will. In fact, this is the goal for our marriages, for our marriage in our marriages that we will delight to do God's will and be in the center of His will, and to um, treat our husbands the way God wishes us to treat them. And so, we're talking about the ministry of marriage with um, from the book by Dr. Jim Binney, who is the host of Heart and Home at seven o five and seven seven o five a m. and seven o five p m here on faith music radio so we'll talk more about the will of god and surrender in our marriages when we come back and cecily hamilton and friends sing a song called the center of your will we'll have that song and a few more and we'll be back stay right here with faith music radio
9: Have you been putting off estate planning?
5: Every year you say, I'm going to take care of it, and yet, it's not done. Why not resolve to take the opportunity to get that done this year and call Sheets Charles & Charles at 812-476-2762, that's 812-476-2762. Make an appointment and let Certified Elder Law Attorney Stephen Charles help you navigate this important part of your financial life. Stephen and Lindsey Charles are professionals, and they care stop by their office at 4828 Lincoln Avenue right behind Barnes & Noble, or give them a call and set up an appointment, 812-476-2762. You'll be glad you did. The Tri-State Sportsman's Banquet is coming to Faithway Baptist Church on March the 16th at 6 p.m. Outdoors men and women of all kinds are welcome to attend. This year we have some local talent demonstrating game calling, outdoor safety, and encouraging the outdoor community to pass the tradition along. The final portion of the program will feature our friends from the Big Sky State, Chad and Marcia Shearer, hosts of Shoot Straight TV on the Pursuit Channel. Our door prizes total to a value of over $5,000, and there is no cost to enter for any of them. Anyone who attends will be given a chance to win firearms, archery equipment, hunting paraphernalia, youth prizes, and more. Don't miss out on our incredible pork chop sandwiches or a chance to win any of the door prizes this year at the Tri-State Sportsman's Banquet on March 16th, located at 3635 Pollock Avenue in Evansville, Indiana. Meal tickets are only $10 and can be purchased online at faithwaybaptist.church or by calling us at 812-479-5342. That's online at faithwaybaptist.church or by calling us at 812-479-5342.
11: it
12: takes
11: to keep me tender toward you whatever it takes Lord I beg you to do whatever you must lead me through whatever it takes Lord do at times I hear voice and try to hide, but patiently you draw me to your side. I may not always see that your words are life to me, so many times I've missed you. Help me, Lord, to not resist you. Whatever it takes to keep me tender toward you Whatever it takes, Lord, I beg you to do Whatever you must lead me through Whatever it takes, Lord, do my heart gets hard and I can't see that your correction is protecting me but as I look within the darkness of my sin breaks my heart and keeps me tender gratefully I then surrender Whatever it takes to keep me tender toward you,
3: whatever it
11: takes, Lord, I beg you to do whatever you must lead me through, whatever it takes, Lord, do whatever. it takes Lord there's too much at stake Lord whatever it takes Lord do
1: and then is a song of surrender. When we are willing to say whatever it takes, Lord, do we're talking about why do you want your marriage to change? This is from the Ministry of Marriage. It's part of chapter two of that book, and it's written by Dr. Jim Benny. Brother Benny says so often couples will come to him and um to for counseling, and he'll ask them, Why do you want to be, why do you want counseling? And they He says, the most common response is to be happy. And then he plainly tells them, I am not here to make you happy. God wants me to make you holy. And if you are holy, if I can help you to be holy, you will be happy. And the fact is, the holier I live, the happier I am. And that is so true. So other goals, though, of counseling, when people come, he says, are relief um, instead of peace, the instant rather than the gradual, the mate's change instead of my own change, and even the expectation that the counselor should guarantee a successful outcome rather than the counselor's focus on personal responsibility in the change process. (laughs) They put it all on the counselor saying, you make me better. You know, you make our marriage better. And Brother Benny said, these are all indicators that the person has not fully surrendered to God's requirements on his own life. And this is so true. And this book, The Ministry of Marriage, um, is just such a good book. And again, I encourage you to get it and to read it. And I know everyone out there, under the sound of my voice, every lady out there listening, maybe you're not married. Or um, maybe you are married. (laughs) But these, and your marriage is fine, but because you have an amazing mate, you know, But these biblical truths help us to help others. And um, when we have the right attitude about marriage, as God intends us to have, then we can help others. We can be an encouragement to others to follow the Lord as well. And so this is a good book for all of us, um, whether you're married or not, or whether you're struggling in your marriage or not. But Brother Benny says one of the most difficult struggles in the Christian life is conformity to God's will over our own. We naturally desire what satisfies us. It's a spiritual struggle to let go of our desire and seek only God's glory. Even Christ faced this struggle. The most cursory glance at his traumatic experience in the garden of gethsemane reveals this and we're going to talk about this when we come back but i'm not sure um it's taken me a long time and i still struggle with it but it's a struggle humanly speaking for us to realize that god's ways are always better than our ways god's ways are higher than our ways. His plan is better. And this is why we need to come to that place of surrender, because God's ways are better. They're higher. And we don't always understand it. it it's not plain and simple for us because we don't have the mind of God. But this song kind of spells it out. It's um, the words of the song are the the truths that are sung here. You can find them in Isaiah chapter 55. And the song is called, Your Rays Are Higher Than My Ways. It's sung here by Alicia Becker. You're listening to Faith Music Radio. It's
13: not what I prayed for. It's not what I wanted. It's not something I understand. My circumstances seem so confusing. I'm placing it all in your hands. Your ways are higher than mine. I want mountains to move. You want me to climb. So I Steady
1: Stephanie and Natasha with the song, O Calvary's Lamb. We are talking about Jesus in the garden um, a few minutes ago. And um, when we look at him in the garden, we realize he prayed, Not my will, but thine be done. And one of the most difficult struggles in the Christian life is conformity to God's will over our own. And we see this struggle in the garden jesus was in such agony as the scripture records he was sorrowful even unto death and he sweat great drops of blood so desperate was his plight that an angel was dispatched to the scene to strengthen him what was the cause of such torturous struggle the lord jesus christ was facing the agony of the cross even the loss of his father's cherished fellowship and so overwhelming was such a prospect that he prayed, Oh, my Father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. There is a hint, just a hint, that Jesus Christ desired his Father to conform to his wishes. But in his heart, he knew and clearly expressed that it was more important that he conform to his Father's wishes. So, the rest of that verse, Matthew twenty-six thirty-nine. Nevertheless, he says, Not as I will, but as, thy wilt, but as thou wilt. So, dear Christian friend, if you find yourself facing this dilemma, I know I have, if you're in a Gethsemane experience of your own, you ultimately will have to make this choice change for the sake of self, or change for the sake of God. Bring God's wishes into conformity with your wishes, or conform your wishes to his which will it be paul had god's glory in mind when he wrote but god be thanked he has set this before all christians who are in any consideration of seeking a change in their lives or circumstances including their marriage and when paul wrote god be thanked he knew that he was he knew what he was talking about it is god And God alone, who changes our hearts and our homes. But God alone is worth more than all the world can offer or the flesh can provide. He is there for you and longs to prove himself strong on your behalf. When you turn to him, he welcomes you with a loving, I've been waiting for you. I've been waiting for you. Well, this is an excellent section in this book. Why do you want your marriage to change? From the chapter, chapter 2, The Biblical Path of Marital Victory, um, from the book, The Ministry of Marriage by Jim Benny, And that is an excellent thing. And I think you have to consider that. If you want a change in your marriage, you have to get honest with yourself. Why do I want my marriage to change. And then you have to realize that it's only God who can change your marriage. And um, you can't, but God can. But if you want God to change it, he is going to receive the glory. <laughs> That's for sure. for sure. And I um, like that illustration at the beginning when Brother Benny um, said the wife, her husband changed so much, she, he got completely right with God. And changed so much and she came to him and said I wanted a better husband not a religious fanatic (laughs) I think that's such such a common thing and it makes me chuckle because we're so fickle aren't we well the churchmen sing the song who can do anything and it's called who can do anything nobody but my Lord God can do anything and God can bring about a change in your marriage Especially if you go to him with the right heart and with the right motive. Loretta Walker coming up in the noon hour of 11 to 1 talking about meekness. She says meekness is not weakness. And then Sherry House at 1230 um, will feature the life of Eleanor Chestnut. And she's talking about the length of your dash. Wow. We all have that dash from the day that we were born to the day that we die And what is the length of our dash? And what will we accomplish for God during that time? And Eleanor was a missionary in China. She was martyred. And uh, this um, life will be a blessing to you. So here's the churchman to take us into the noon hour. Stay right here with Faith. Music Radio.
8: And always will Who was the dining Yet but still Nobody but my lord Nobody but my lord Who can do, who can do, who can do anything Nobody but my lord And master Who can do, who can do, who can do anything Nobody but my
4: lord Who was it hung upon a tree Suffered shame for you and me Who was it died to make us free Nobody but my lord
13: Let's go!
14: most of you that listen to this radio program realize that I am not a meek person (laughs) Uh, I and but I have to put it on sometimes and there's a little tendency in me when I first got saved and when I was learning the ways of God that I really looked at meekness as being a weakness but I'm here to tell you now, the Bible doesn't teach us that meekness is a weakness. You know, the Bible exhorts meekness. Uh, Numbers twenty twelve three says, "Now the man Moses was very meek above all men, all the men which were upon the face of the earth." Now we all know what a great leader Moses was and had to have been, to lead the children of Israel across the wilderness to the promised land. And how he, there were hundreds of thousands of people that he led, but yet the Bible said uh, before he when he was starting this journey that he was very meek. Well, that tells me that meekness is not a weakness. What is meekness? A sense of humility, resignation, submission to the divine will. Now that's what I really want to point out to me, to myself, and if you need it, you take it too. Is that Meekness is submitting yourself to God, and and knowing that He has His perfect will in your life, and He wants to do that perfect will. Then the other part of the definition says, without murmuring or peevishness, you know, without. So meekness is is quietly taking it, realizing this is okay, and and being uh, submitting your will to God. I have some friends that are going through some tremendous trials right now. And part of that trial is people are out to get them. I mean, it's quite obvious there's people that's out to destroy them, steal money from them, etc. And as I listen to them, I think, wow, how do you take that? Well, according to this, you take it with meekness, submitting to God's will and saying, God, if it's your will for them to steal my money, I got to let you do it I'm not go- I can't feel guilty about it I can't feel bad toward these people I just got to let you do it realizing that you have a better plan see that's what meekness is uh, the part, rest of the definition says it's meekness is opposed to pride arrogance and arrogance so not, feeling, not puffing yourself up so another thought that I had about this was meekness is power under control you see, Moses was a very uh, meek person. That's what the Bible called him. But do you remember when Miriam and Aaron made accusations against him, with all this power that he had, where he could have just zapped them for the bad things they said about him and to him? Do you know what he did? He went to he went to bat for uh, Miriam. He told, asked God, say, you know, can you not punish her so greatly? And so God said, well, at least you can have seven days outside the camp with that. And I thought, wow, Moses is meek. You know, um, but it looked like there was a little time when Miriam and Aaron tried to get pride and arrogance. Like, hey, aren't we something too? But let me just tell you, whenever you start comparing yourself to somebody else or trying to think, don't I deserve this too? That's not being meek. So let's use Moses as an illustration in our minds on how to be a meek person. The next time you want to start getting jealous about somebody or the next time you want to think, well, I should be that's pride and arrogance, just hold it back and keep your power under control. Hey, you could, but should you? Let's be let's all be submit, submitted to the divine will of God. And realize everything that comes in our life is from Him and for our good. Rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say rejoice.
9: Thanks, Miss Loretta. CW Today is a production of Faith Music Radio. For additional material about Loretta Walker, CW Today, and about Christian Womanhood Magazine, visit Faith Music Radio online at www.faithmusicradio.com
1: and happy thursday you're listening to 11 to 1 on faith music radio still to come today at twelve you'll hear from sherry house on silhouettes with sherry featuring the life of eleanor chestnut a missionary to china who is also a martyr and the bible study will be called the length of your dash the length of your dash. And she's talking about that dash between the day of your birth and the day of your death. Um, Paul Chapman will start off the music for the noon hour of 11 to 1. The song God's in con- control. God's in control. Couldn't get the word out. Thank you for joining us on Faith.
15: Are you trying to hold on to Things you can't control You feel your strength is fading You can't do it all alone So you fall before the Lord And your tears begin to flow He whispers, my child I am in control God's in control faith don't believe in what you see we know that by His grace we can be set free so give your burdens to the Lord just lay them down and know no matter the circumstance God is in control God's in control He'll never change when doubt and fear linger so near, His voice you'll hear, God's in control. Fine, you don't have to face it alone. Just know God's in control. change
5: Tri-State Sportsman's Banquet is coming to Faithway Baptist Church on March the 16th at 6 p.m. Outdoors men and women of all kinds are welcome to attend. This year we have some local talent demonstrating game calling, outdoor safety, and encouraging the outdoor community to pass the tradition along. The final portion of the program will feature our friends from the Big Sky State, Chad and Marcia Shearer, hosts of Shoot Straight TV on the Pursuit Channel. Our door prizes total to a value of over $5,000, and there is no cost to enter for any of them. Anyone who attends will be given a chance to win firearms, archery equipment, hunting paraphernalia, youth prizes, and more. Don't miss out on our incredible pork chop sandwiches or a chance to win any of the door prizes this year at the Tri-State Sportsman's Banquet on March 16th, located at 3635 Pollock Avenue in Evansville, Indiana. Meal tickets are only $10 and can be purchased online at faithwaybaptist.church or by calling us at 812-479-5342. That's online at faithwaybaptist.church or by calling us at 812-479-5342.
13: journey of faith. And as I grow older, looking over my shoulder, I find the goodness and mercy that follow me.
1: Cecily Hamilton and Friends, Goodness and Mercy. You're listening to Faith Music Radio. Goodness and Mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. This is from, this thought that I'm going to share with you next is from um, Crystal Ratcliffe. She says, The Lord knows, the Lord cares, and the Lord sustains. What does it mean to sustain? It means to bear, to uphold, to support, to keep from falling. We are not promised an easy or carefree life, are we? We live in a sin-cursed world. We know that. And because of it, we will experience heartache, sadness, and sorrow. But no matter the situation we are facing, the Lord will sustain us i made this um, statement to someone the other day that god will either deliver you or god will give you the grace to endure your situation god will deliver or god will deliver if you call out to him if you cry out to him he it one of the two he's going to hear your prayer He'll deliver you or he will give you the grace to endure it. No matter the situation we are facing, the Lord will sustain us. Psalm 55 22, cast thy burden upon the Lord. Have you cast it on the Lord? Cast thy burden upon the Lord. And what does it say? And he will sustain thee. He shall never suffer the righteous to be moved. Isaiah 5, 41, 10. Here's another great, great promise for you. Fear thou not, for I am with thee. Be not dismayed, for I am thy God. I will strengthen thee. Yea, I will help thee. Yea, I will uphold thee with the right hand of my righteousness. I will uphold thee with the right hand of my righteousness. The word uphold there is the same word as sustain. Sustain means to bear, to uphold, to support, and to keep from falling. All through my life, I see God's hand sustaining me, upholding me. Oh, what a blessed, blessed thought. God cares, God knows, and the Lord sustains. Here's the sounds of faith. I can see the hand. You're listening to Faith. When I look at the moon and stars in the sky, I can see the hand of the Father.
4: In the valley so deep and river so wide, I can see the hand of the Father. I can see the hand. When I look around me, I can hear the voice. in the winds. I can feel the mighty, Touch of the Father's love Everywhere I go Everywhere I go His presence surrounds me I can see the hand, I can hear the voice I can feel the touch of God In the music of birds and the rustle of leaves I can hear the voice of the Father In the thundering rain and the
2: whispering breeze
4: I can hear the voice of the father I can see the hand around me I can hear the voice. In the waves. I can feel the mighty touch of the father's love everywhere I go everywhere I go his presence surrounds me I can see the hand, I can hear the voice, I can feel the touch of God. On a warm summer day with the sun shining bright, I can feel the touch of the Father. In the snow that falls on a cold winter's night, I can feel the touch of the Father. I can see the hand, I can hear the voice. I can feel the mighty touch of the Father's love. Everywhere I go, His presence surrounds me. I can see the hand, I can hear the voice, I can feel the touch of God. Everywhere I go, His presence surrounds me. I can see the hand, I can hear the voice, I can feel the touch. I can see the hand, hear the voice, I can feel the touch. I can see the hand, hear the voice, I can feel
1: the touch of God. Sounds of Faith, and what a great song that is, I Can See the Hand of the Father. Coming up in just a few minutes, you're going to hear from Sherry House. She's a missionary to Thailand, and she features the life of missionaries, pastors' wives, evangelists' wives, hymn writers, um, faithful servants of Jesus Christ from the past people who have already gone on to heaven. She features their life, and she takes their life and shares with us a lesson from their life and uh, turns it into a Bible study. And she's featuring the life of Eleanor Chestnut today, a missionary to China who was martyred for her faith. And the length of your dash is the topic for the Bible study. And the next song up is by Heritage Baptist Church. It's called All Along. All Along Your Hand Has Been Guiding Me. You're listening to 11 to 1. This is Faith Music Radio. Right after this song, you'll hear from Sherry House. So stay with faith.
7: Time just drifts away And I look back on the years With memories of happiness and bitter
13: tears
7: Through it all there is a common thread That cannot be ignored You were
13: there making me to be your servant
7: Is not alone. The changing seasons of my life were not left up to
13: chance. Lord, I know you were working to fulfill your.
16: Sherry House, a missionary living in Thailand who loves to study the lives of great women of whom it can be said, she hath done what she could. Welcome to Silhouettes, my weekly story about a lady whose life challenges, encourages, and teaches me. I hope as you listen today, your heart will be encouraged and challenged too, to do what you can for the Lord. So grab a cup of tea, sit back and enjoy. Let me tell you her story. Eleanor Chestnut was born in Waterloo, Iowa on January 8, 1868. From the beginning of her life, Eleanor seemed destined to hardship. Her Irish father abandoned their poor frontier family at the time of her and her twin brother's birth. Three short years later, her mother passed away, leaving Eleanor and her three siblings as orphans. She was left in the care of neighbors until, at the age of 12, Eleanor was passed off to a poor aunt in Missouri. Very early on, she realized the destitute situation she was in, and she resented it. She did nothing to hide her feelings and was a miserable person to be around. Her teachers considered her one of their difficult students, although there was no denying she was extremely intelligent. She was so intelligent that at the age of 15, she was admitted to Park College without any financial support. She was required to work on the school farm and property to pay her school fees and somehow managed to survive, although she was very malnourished. At the time, the school was affiliated with the Presbyterian Church, and the students were required to go to chapel three times a day and to attend church. Eventually, the atmosphere of the campus began to have an effect on Eleanor, and her demeanor changed from one of bitterness towards God for the hardships in her life to one who desired to know Him and have a close relationship with Him. In place of her bitterness was a sympathy for others who were poor and unlovely and proud. Once Eleanor became a Christian, she started to sense that maybe the Lord had gifted her with a brilliant mind, but allowed her life to be so difficult because he had a plan for her to serve him in a difficult situation. Her heart turned more and more to the notion of being a medical missionary. In the spring of 1888, she graduated with a diploma from Park College and promptly enrolled in the Nurses' Training School of Illinois. Her teachers quickly recognized her abilities and she was granted an opportunity that few were given. She was admitted into the Northwestern University Women's Medical College of Chicago to study to become a doctor. Although she was rich in intelligence, she was still a young, poor girl. She lived in an unheated attic and ate meals of mostly oatmeal, nearly starving to death that first year. But she was determined to equip herself the best she could for the work the Lord would have her do. In 1894, at the age of 26, Eleanor graduated from medical school. She immediately enrolled at Moody Bible Institute to further prepare for the mission field and completed a course in four months. She applied to the American Presbyterian Board and expressed her desire to go to Siam, but stated she was willing to serve wherever she was needed. They asked her to go to their work in South China. Eleanor agreed, and in September of that same year, before her 27th birthday, she had arrived in China. Eleanor's first assignment was divided between language study, where she learned Mandarin and Cantonese, and caring for the sick. Being such a skilled doctor, Eleanor was asked to head up a new mission work in Lin Chao, located 300 miles away. The isolated hospital had inadequate facilities and very few capable staff to help her. She tended to thousands of patients, though, each year and was forced at times to perform operations in her bathroom and work with limited medicines. Eleanor was keenly aware of the spiritual impact the hospital had on the surrounding area. The outcome of each patient's medical situation had dire consequences on the missionary's abilities to reach the people with the gospel. Eleanor once wrote to a friend, Every patient that I lose counts so much against the work here. Once, a young Chinese man was brought in from the country due to an injury to his leg. He was close to death and the native physicians and Buddhist priests were dancing around the man burning paper prayers and predicting a quick death. Eleanor stepped in and amputated part of his leg off to try and save his life. The man improved, but the wound wasn't healing well. Eleanor knew he would need a skin graft if he had a hope of surviving. None of his relatives were willing to help. Without any assistance or anyone else's knowledge, Eleanor injected a local anesthetic into her own leg, removed a large section of skin, and grafted it onto her patient's stump. The man's wound healed nicely and dealt a blow to the prestige of the native priests. Her act of selflessness did not go unnoticed by the locals. The young man became a Christian and later Eleanor's faithful assistant. After a couple years of laboring on her own, additional medical help arrived, allowing Eleanor to focus more on the female patients. Eleanor rode on horseback to neighboring villages to hold clinics and explain the dangers of foot binding. She trained local women as nurses, and she supervised the construction of a hospital that would be dedicated especially for the care of women. So passionate was Eleanor about helping these people that the Lord had called her to that she determined to live on just a dollar fifty a month and give the rest of her salary for bricks and other supplies to this project. Eleanor was just as passionate about the spiritual needs of the people as she was their physical needs. She witnessed in word and deed and took the time to translate the Gospel of Matthew into the local dialect, as well as a nursing textbook and other helpful books. During the Boxer Rebellion of 1900, Eleanor decided she wouldn't leave her post and continued on in her work. She wrote to a friend, I don't think we are in any danger, but if we are, we might as well die suddenly in God's work, as by some long-drawn-out illness at home. In 1902, after eight years of service without a break, the Mission Board insisted that she come home for a furlough. The following year, Eleanor went back to the work and to the people she had come to love. In 1905, the Men's Hospital under Dr. Edward Mackle and the Women's Hospital under Eleanor treated 13,056 patients with 195 operations. The mission board recognized that Eleanor was a capable and brilliant missionary and asked if she would consider becoming the head of a much larger and more prestigious women's hospital in a larger city. Eleanor declined, stating that it would be a mistake for her to leave as she was so acquainted with the people there, their dialect, their diseases, their faults and their virtues. On October twenty-ninth of that same year, Eleanor and the other missionaries were busy seeing to patients. The Chinese were in the middle of celebrating a Buddhist holiday, and Dr. Mackle insisted that a shed associated with the idolatrous ceremony, which had been erected on hospital property, be removed. Officials agreed to remove it, but some of the locals were offended. A mob ensued. Eleanor was able to escape to plead for the local authorities to come and help restore order. Instead of staying in safety, Eleanor raced back to the hospital in order to help her colleagues. Dr. Mackle's wife was killed as she tried to reason with the angry mob. Their young daughter, Amy, and a new missionary couple that had only arrived the day before were also martyred. The mob then turned on Eleanor and pushed her down some temple steps. She was dragged down to the steep bank and thrown into the river, and then she was stabbed three times. Eleanor's life began and ended in tragedy, but the days of her life, between when she drew her first breath and when she drew her last, had a great effect on many. As news of her death spread, many took up her cause and dedicated themselves to missions work in China and in other hard regions of the world. By 1908, a few years later, American missionaries had reestablished the two hospitals that had suffered damage and burning in the incident and started medical work there again. The Chinese church continued to grow, and by 1915, 300 believers worshipped at the Lianchao Church. Well, you can find out more about Eleanor Chestnut on my website, sherryhouse.com. But let me tell you one more part of her story that resonated with my own. Witnesses say that the last act Eleanor performed before her death exemplified the thousands of acts that made up her life. After she was thrown down the temple steps, she landed at the base of a tree. Instead of trying to escape, she noticed a young boy who had an ugly gash on his head from being hit by a stone she motioned for him to come over and as one witness put it with skilled kind fingers that did not tremble she tore off a piece of material from the hem of her skirt and skillfully bound up his wound her killers watched while she did this and then made their final attack ending her life many chinese felt the shame and disgrace of the massacre One young man wrote a letter to her family members shortly after it, stating everyone's shock at the hideous massacre, especially as everyone was well aware of all the missionaries had done there to benefit their people. He said that the cruel and brutal way they were treated in the face of their many kindnesses was a deep shame to their people and their race. He then encouraged Eleanor's family members to remember that she was now with her Savior and at peace, enjoying her eternal reward, after a life of labor and toil. He ended the letter with this statement, And who knows but that her faith unto death influence may be more to the lives of the people at Lian hereafter than it has ever been before. This statement proved to be true. I'm reminded of that poem entitled The Dash by Linda Ellis that draws attention to the little dash on a tombstone between the birth date and the death date of someone and how much it represents. I remember the first time I read this poem. I was intrigued by the thought of such a small little thing having such depth of meaning and wondered what my dash would represent when the time came for it to be engraved on my tombstone. I remember when I was a young teen girl being concerned that I might die or that the Lord would come back before I got to do everything I wanted to do. I would listen to sermons about how we should always be hoping for and looking forward to Christ's coming. I always felt a tad guilty, though, when the invitation time came and I'd pray, Lord, I am excited about your return, but can you please just wait until whatever it was I was hoping would come to pass? You could fill in that blank as well. I'm sure you've prayed it before too. That prayer or some form of it was prayed by me many times and way farther into my adulthood than it should have been. Of course, the object of my desire or the milestone I was trying to reach was ever-changing. There was, but not until after I'm in high school, but not until after I've had my first date, but not until after I can drive a car. Yes, Lord, please come quickly, but I hope it isn't until after I get to go to college or until after I get married or I become a mother, and so on and so on. Eventually, in my adulthood, I grew up enough to recognize that these milestones in life that I was desperate to attain before going to heaven showed a great lack of understanding on my part of God's purpose for putting me on this earth, as well as a complete lack of understanding of the wonders of heaven and being with our Savior. It can be life-focusing to take our mind off our own hopes and dreams and think about what God has planned for our dash. I'm sure if asked, Eleanor would have wanted her dash to be longer than the 37 years that it was. But that's not the point. The point is that Eleanor spent all of her dash, or all of the time that God gave her on earth, in such a way that mattered for eternity. And in so doing, her life's work and her influence were able to continue on far longer than the date that came after the dash on her tombstone. Today I'd like to do a quick little Bible study I entitled The Length of Your Dash. I have some questions for you. What is your goal in life? When your time on earth is finished, is that the end of it for you? As a Christian, are you satisfied just to know that you will be in heaven? What is God's purpose for putting you on this earth? What have you done in the here and now that will last in the tomorrow? How are you ensuring that your time on this earth isn't just wasted? Do you ever think about if your influence on earth will live as long, if not longer, than the time your earthly body does? These are questions I have asked myself in the past and continue to ask myself, especially when I get caught up in the daily grind, as they say. Here are some observations from just a couple Bible verses that talk about our time on the earth that might help hone our focus when it comes to not only the story of our dash, but the length of it. Number one, Psalms 90:10, the first part says, The days of our years are threescore years and ten, and if by reason of strength they be fourscore years. It is interesting to look at different countries and see what the average lifespan is. In America, it's 78 and a half. In Thailand, it's just under 77, but in Nigeria, it is only 54. Although 70 years is considered a reasonable or normal lifespan, we are never guaranteed that much time. The second verse is Psalms 90:12. It says, so teach us to number our days that we may apply our hearts unto wisdom. To me, this verse doesn't mean so much that you actually count your days, but that you make each day count. It is so easy to let time slip by, always assuming that we have more coming to us. It is like the money in your wallet. If you don't pay attention to where you are spending it before you know it, you open your wallet and the money is all gone. The third verse is Ephesians 5.14. It says, Wherefore he saith, Awake thou that sleepest, and arise from the dead and Christ shall give thee light. See then that ye walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time, because the days are evil. Have you ever been accused of, or maybe you've accused one of your teenage children, of sleeping their days away, whether literally or figuratively? Christians must be careful to not be guilty of wasting the precious time that God has given us. Well, I hope you've enjoyed today's Silhouette and learning a little bit more about Eleanor Chestnut's story and this matter of how we spend our dash and how long it lasts. She truly was a woman of whom it could be said she had done what she could. Let's you and I go do what we can do.
9: Silhouettes with Sherry is written and told by missionary Sherry House. To learn more about Sherry, this story, or other stories about women who were used of God, read Sherry's blog at SherryHouse.com. That's S-H-A-R-I House.com. Silhouettes can be heard at this time every week on this station silhouettes is a causeway media and faith music radio production
1: none of us know how long we have and um, and even if we haven't always lived for the lord today is a good day and this is a day to begin living for the Lord this is a great day for that Um, I've heard the phrase so often it's a good day to have a good day it's a good day yes to have a good day but it's also a good day to live for Jesus that makes it even a better day live for you today by his own you're listening to 11 to 1 this is faith music radio
12: I wish that I could roll the curtain back again Rewind the clock and turn back time
13: There's so much more that I would do and I would say
5: me, Lord, give me words to
13: sing and say. Let me love, let me live, let me give myself away. Use my hands, use my feet, all I have is yours complete. Let my life be a reflection of your grace. I can't go back, but I can live for you today. There are so
0: many things I wish I could.
13: Life was just a show I think I'd hit rewind but I can't refill the hourglass of time so here I am use me Lord give me words to sing and say let me love let me live let me give myself away use my hands use my feet all i have is yours complete let my life be a reflection of your grace
3: Vacation goes to see, Oh, see the goodness of God. That's the theme for this year's Faithful Ladies' Vacation on April 21st and 22nd. Join us in Evansville, Indiana at Faithway Baptist Church and enjoy a time to relax, renew, and rejoice with our speakers, Francie Taylor and Sharon Rabin, plus 10 teaching excursions and more. Go to faithmusicradio.com That's faithmusicradio.com to register or call 800-600-7230. Faith Music Missions singers will be providing the music and our famous Merry Marketplace will be available for shopping. This conference is brought to you by Faith Music Radio where you hear 11 to 1 with Janice every weekday. Easy Breezy registration is now open at faithmusicradio.com.
1: And we're looking forward to the Faithful Ladies' Vacation. And you heard the ad there. Francie Taylor will be joining us along with Sharon Rabin. And I'm looking forward to hearing from both these ladies. Francie has um, a number of books at KeepTheHeart.com. One of those books is an e-book. And it's called Calm in Christ. Um, What it is, it's an abbreviated list of reasons to study the word of God daily. God can provide a peace that exists regardless of what's going on in our lives daily bible study brings blessings beyond anything we could we could ask or think discover the calm in christ and it's a digital book i'm going to put a link in the show in the show notes for you and uh, there are 10 reasons um, that francie gives of inspiring reasons for daily Bible study and um, experience. I like she said the calm in Christ. And Nate Tolson has a song. And since vacation is coming, and vacation is a um, goes to sea. It's a it's a cruise theme. You get that? It's a cruise theme. I want to play this song for you. It's called "Sometimes He Calms the Storm." We all all end up in storms throughout our life. But sometimes He calms the storm, and He can do that. Sometimes He calms His child. You can experience calm in Christ through His Word. You're listening to Faith.
12: All who sail the sea of faith Find out before too long how quickly blue skies can grow dark and gentle winds grow strong. Suddenly fear is like white water pounding on the soul. And still we sail on knowing that our Lord is in control. Sometimes he calms the storm. With a whispered peace be still He can settle any sea But it doesn't mean he will Sometimes he holds us close And lets the wind and waves go wild Sometimes he calms the storm And other times he calms his child has a reason for each trial that we pass through in life. And though we're shaken, we cannot be pulled apart from Christ. No matter how the driving rain beats down on those who hold to faith, A heart of trust will always be a quiet, peaceful place. Sometimes he calms the storm with a whispered peace be still. He can settle any sea, but it doesn't mean he will. Sometimes he holds us close and lets the wind and waves go wide. other times he calms his child, oh, oh. sometimes he calms the storm, with a whisper, peace be still, he can all let he see, but it doesn't mean he will, sometimes he holds us close, and lets the wind and waves go. Other times he calms his child.
1: Well, you've been listening to 11 to 1, and this is Faith Music Radio. Our preaching block is next, so be sure to stay with us. And then you'll hear from Dan Wolf on Riverside Drive from 3 to 5. Each and every day, I like to remind you to let your light shine for the Lord Jesus Christ. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father, which is in heaven. He's coming back. If you knew he was coming back this very day, you'd be shining brightly. So live today as if he may, and he can, and he just may, come back today. Here's Ed Russ in the Old Fashioned Quartet. Thank you for joining us on Faith Music Radio.
4: Like he said I believe that the trumpet's gonna sound so loud One day it will wake the dead In the twinkling of an eye He'll split the eastern sky And I believe he's coming back Like he said
8: He is
4: appearing, and this could be the hour, oh, this could be the day when the saints from every nation will lose their gravitation in the middle of the air. because I believe that the trumpet's gonna sound so loud One day it'll wake the dead In the twinkling of an eye He'll split the eastern sky And I believe he's coming back Like he
13: said Like he said,
4: I believe that the trumpet's going to sound so loud. One day it'll wake the dead, in the twinkling of the night, he'll split the eastern sky, and I believe he's coming back, like he said, in the Eastern Sky